Welcome to Marvelous Pod, where today we are covering the whole of the Marvel Disney Plus show, Secret Invasion. I'm I'm joined by my lovely co-host. Hi, Abby. Hi. Hi, Matthew. Hey there. Now that you may have noticed that uh, there hasn't been a lot of Secret Invasion content on our feed, well, um, since we've covered episode one, and that's due to Abby having a lot of life stuff to deal with, and Matthew and I not really having enough that we really wanted to discuss week to week. While you will inevitably have missed us, it did present an interesting opportunity. Matthew and I have watched uh, week by week, and Abby has binged all six episodes this week. So it'll be interesting to see if that alters things at all, and uh, also gives Abby a slightly more chance of remembering anything, um, <laughs> given that we are, on, we are on the more grounded Captain America Winter Soldier side of the MCU, which is not necessarily Abby's favourite traditionally, but we never know. Not my strong point. <laughs> So, come on, Barbie, let's go party. What did we think of overall? I'm going to start with Abby, so she doesn't have to keep holding on to the memories for any longer than necessary. <sighs> well. <laughs> yeah, this is, this, is, this is a weird one, isn't it? Like, like <laughs> Why is it weird? It's, it's, it's a lot going on here. Um, and, and those things going on are, on, on the one hand, you've got Olivia Coleman. Uh-huh. And on the other hand, you've got this show. And, <laughs> and there you are, really. Qu- it's, question, um... question for you, Abby. Mm. Can you understand why we might not have recorded all the episodes? Do you know I what? I actually, so I'm going to, this is this is a visual for nobody because it's not a YouTube podcast. Here are my notes for episodes one, two, and three. And my notes for episode four. And there are no further notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, there was a page for the first episode, half a page each for two, three and four. And then I didn't do anything for five and six. And the thing is, like, you've got such good actors. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no two ways about how wonderful the prospect of a Samuel L. Jackson TV series is. I just, I, I don't. I don't care. I enjoy Samuel L. Jackson. I, I really do. And I was, I'm quite invested in Nick Fury. I, I really, I like the idea of the work. I like the concept of a lot of things around a Nick Fury centric show. Olivia Coleman can do no wrong. No, she is cheeseoid. And I think she went full cheeseoid throughout this. It was yes. absolutely magnificent. Like, yes. Every second of Olivia Coleman is some of the best television in television. I, I've never seen her have so much delight with absolute tripe. And she did hold a needle for a long time, which meant I had to like hide behind the notebook for a while. I know it was really annoying, but also I could hear that she was having fun. So that was okay. I forgave her. It was just so murdery and so kind of boring and annoying and repetitive. And it was like, it was like Captain America and the Winter Soldier, but kind of doing damage to a concept that I already had previously enjoyed. And I... You know, with the best will in the world, I know many, many people have a whole Bucky thing. We covered that. There's a podcast. You can go back. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never really engaged with that. So I didn't really mind if they were doing damage or not. But, like, I, I quite like the score thing. I love Captain Marvel. I really enjoyed that film. You know, it's... And this is just a bit tiresome. And, I, and at points, I just thought it was kind of icky and, and weird and um, uncomfortable and boring. <laughs> And then it was over, and I thought, well, that's that's a shame. That's a shame that that it was all like that. And you had this lovely house. I mean, you know, we'll talk about design classics, I'm mm-hmm. sure, but what a lovely house that was. And I'm glad we spent plenty of time in the house with the fixtures, fittings, art, and, you know, I've really got a lot out of that. And, uh, and so did my dear wife, who was very enthusiastic about the house and very little else from this series, which I forced <laughs> her to sit down and watch two episodes a night for three nights in a row. <laughs> And she said, it's the house that's keeping me going. And, and I, I know where she's coming from. It did open with Martin Freeman, which didn't help. But um, also it really didn't help. That I really didn't understand what was going on. And then when all the people were in the basement and I was like, oh, they weren't actually them. And she was like, no, they were just pretending. Like, did you not get that? And I was like, well, no, because I thought they actually like had been them this whole time. And she was like, oh, you got even like, you thought this was going to be a slightly better show than me. <laughs> Than even it was, and and I did, and it wasn't anyway. Hmm. 
There we go. Matthew, how about you? I mean, I can get over the murdery, but yeah, this was boring. This was this was everything bad about Marvel. All the critiques from, from the last 13 years? 15 years? However long it's been. Yeah, 15 years now. In one. Just everything about poor writing, poor villain, effects heavy, nothing in the last third of it that is of any value. It's just all about the set piece. Um... A waste of some of what they have and what they could be doing, could be using. It just, none of it came together. And it's both delighting me and annoying me that I've seen only a handful of people, but a couple of people talking about like, hey, remember Peacemaker? Remember that DC series that did about an alien invasion and and did some of this story stuff really well? Um, and, and it is almost flipped because this could have been a DC series for some of the turgid nonsense. <laughs> that we had to go through that just it's it's six episodes most of which were half an hour long mm. and it felt like there was filler i don't <laughs> it just how and why and who i'm delighted that this is the show where i got to go and do a guest appearance on another series that i love very much <laughs> and i got to and to be fair like episode four was probably the high point of all of this. So I was quite pleased there were actually things to talk about in episode four, the like reveal of Amelia Clark's alive, the reveal of the actor whose name I can never remember. Rhodes? Don Don Cheadle. Don thank you. I can never mm-hmm. remember his name for Um the the reveal of him being a scroll, the showdown between um Fury and his wife. Like episode episode four did and, you know, if you want to go and watch me on Marvel Standom over at Den of Geek, I'm sure we'll put a link in and you can go and um, hear all my thoughts. But that was the episode that was doing all of the stuff that should be in this sort of show that wasn't really mm-hmm. elsewhere. You know, dark dealings in churches, people having intense conversations, revelations about double agents and triple agents and people having things that they shouldn't have. And yet it was boring. And then it was obvious at the end. We all knew what was going to happen all the way through. Like, I didn't watch the trailers. I saw so many people saying, like, oh, the trailers gave it all away. But the show gave it, it just did nothing. So I'm cross and disappointed. Oh. Laura, how did you find it? Any different? Um, Fascinating. We could have come to this, frankly. Um, Yeah, deeply disappointing. um, But for the one bright spot that is Olivia Coleman. Love Sonia. Menacing, sharp, hysterical. Um, desperately want her to stay in the MTU. Uh, I want to see her going up against Harrison Ford's Thunderbolt Ross. <laughs> I think that would be an interesting combination. Oh, interesting. I want to see her against Julia Louise Dreyfus. Yeah, my concern is that character is not very interesting, and I think she might be a bit blown out of the water. Okay. I like the actress. Mm. Yeah, my concern is that um, when you look at pictures of them next to each other, Olivia Coleman looks like the real one. <laughs> Julia Louise Dreyfus, who is great, looks like she was generated next to her. And, and, and that's the not, AI version. Yeah, that's not what you want. They've got the same hair, and I just, you know, in something like Marvel, where people work so hard on details like hair and costume, I think to give the same yeah. hair to similarly pitched characters is is a weird choice. Mm. Okay, something to discuss if they ever come up against each other. Sorry, Laura, I completely derailed your. Sorry. Um, on paper, this. So I spent a lot of time. Well, not a lot of time. As much time as I've thought, spent thought thinking of this. And I have listened to a few pods and things, so which I wouldn't normally have done. And so if I am just recycling things from the Empire and um, House of Our podcasts, please forgive me. They've just sunk into my brain. But so I have been like listening to some explanation from other people and then trying to think to myself, what what is it actually about this is that is that means it doesn't work? Mm-hmm. Um and because on paper it absolutely should work, you know, Roger's scroll. Fury has a secret wife. Who is a Skrull? An attack on the president. Maria's dead. Talos is dead. Avengers DNA. Super combo Skrull. Um, but the problem is they sort of never seem to have, with the conversion from the on paper to on TV, they don't really go from 2D to 3D. Mm. Everything is so flat and so thrown away. You've got major character deaths, if we assume they don't suddenly come back. I think they're probably not going to now. Mm-hmm. Major character death with Maria Hill, as we talked about in episode one. Okay, not a a list character, but she's been around for so long. Mm-hmm. Quite beloved. Completely thrown away. Yeah, 
And and to the point that people were like, well, I mean, clearly that that can't be how you kill her. So clearly, and oh no, and Talos, that was so thrown away. And he mm. is, you know, he has been, you know, because of the way Ben Mendelsohn plays him and everything, even though he's not been in a lot, he's a character that I really liked. And I thought Ben uh, Mendelsohn was very good in this. But, you know, the, way, WA, the WGA are striking at the moment, uh, in part because of the concern around AI writers. And this is what I imagine an AI written show would look like. It strikes a lot of the right espionage beats, but with no thrill. I saw the new Mission Impossible last weekend, along with another film that shall remain nameless. Um, and I was on the edge of my seat at some points. Even though I know in that film they are not going to kill Tom Cruise, I was absolutely... Just the tension that they managed to get into that. And how was this series missing even an ounce of tension? Where you just something dramatic happens, and you just go, all right, with characters that we have cared about for well over a decade, some of them. Mm. That's, that's such a good point. I think Mission Impossible, which I also saw last week, is, is a really good touchstone for you know they're not going to kill tom cruise and yet there was a point where i could not have got further back in my chair if i tried like i was just actively trying to leave the cinema through the chair behind me through the chairs behind me (laughs) (laughs) and you know it's going to be fine you know nothing's going to go wrong and yet it is possible to do real action that still exists i know i was in the cinema and this was on television but I, i have a decent television i have a good setup I mean, mm-hmm. in the final fight, my wife said, oh, they're doing the thing that Matthew hates. And she doesn't even listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean she doesn't listen? <laughs> I know. She doesn't listen to any podcast, to be honest. She's very busy. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, even she knows that they were doing, you know, get everyone to punch each other. Mm. A, a, beam of, a beam of light to the sky and super-powered people fight each other to see who has the kickiest kick. Yep. And they became the beam of light to the sky. <laughs> like They couldn't even come up with, oh my God, the reactor's not designed well enough and it's going to turn everyone into a squirrel. Blah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely, I zoned out so much during that final fight that I didn't actually notice when the villain died. And that's mm. quite bad. That's quite bad. Given that I was really actively trying to watch this series with this podcast in mind, and I, like that, I I don't want to be all down. I probably should have started with that. There are things I really like. Most of them are Olivia Common, yes, but also Samuel L. Jackson. I I love the scenes with the the idea of him and his wife having this, you know, secret romance and acting their absolute socks off and really kind of being in that and having mm. these really quite emotionally rich scenes, even when they weren't wonderfully written, I felt like they got everything that was there to get and some more. Um, I felt like Samuel Jackson really showed that he's been in this franchise for a while because he's learned how to do a lot with just so little. Mm. Um, and I was, I was quite moved and I was quite engaged by them. And when they turned up, I wasn't sorry that I was watching the show. You know, I was, I was sorry about the totality and I didn't like where it went. I felt like I could always have enjoyed it a little bit more. But when I was with them, I was never sorry. So, you know, all those scenes, I was there. But then in these kind of climactic final fights, I just... Conceptually, if someone said to me there was going to be a fight with, you know, two beings that had absorbed the majority of the characters we'd seen, conceptually, I don't actually have a problem with that. Do you not? No, not, not as a concept. Um, and particularly, you know, being able to, I was keeping on going, okay, well, I think that's Drax. And so, you know, there was an element of that. I thought, well, it's different to just it being two superpowered beings that are up against each other. But within the context of this, it just didn't answer anything that I wanted it to. Um, and we've now got Gaia, who is, what on earth are they going to do with her? I, I have a phrase for, for Gaia that you might quite enjoy. I think she is going to change the balance of power within the Marvel Universe. <laughs> well, there's a few people she hasn't got. So, and the one that um, kind of is key is Scarlet Witch, I think, as far as we're thinking if someone could take her on. Scarlet Witch wasn't in there. Oh, was she not? No, I have the was. full list somewhere okay. that someone was Who was tweeting. the sort of ice person where she made her arm a stabby thing? 
Yeah, so I think that's a bit of a cheat because at the first mix before the the harvest DNA went in, so the first dose that um, she got had extremis, groot, uh, colobsidian, no, and a frost, frost giant. giant. No, sorry, it wasn't. That's the thing. It wasn't a frost giant. That would have made more sense with that blade thing. But it was a frost, like one of them, like dog things, monster. I can't remember. Okay, or oh, the one that was left in London. At the end of thought uh, Yes, maybe. Yeah, and I don't remember them being able to create blades in the way that the frost giants could. But anyway, that's where that came from. I did have a, a moment of um, when she disappeared and disappeared, and I couldn't remember. I was like, well, who the hell's that? Um, and now I'm blanking on who that was, but it's someone that can phase. Oh, it's Ghost, who can phase from Ant-Man and the yeah, Wasp. She wasn't at the Battle of... Oh, no, no, no. That doesn't appear to have mattered to anybody, because also... At one stage, Gravik turns into the Abomination. Yeah, well, yeah, he mm. starts off as the Abomination, which was the whole thing. But, you know, at least he was in prison and I could see them of, you know. Yes, yes, I know. You can, yeah. Also, they said that they, so they said that the way that he'd got this DNA, and yeah, I agree. The Abomination yeah, being in prison, yeah. okay, that could be something that we just weren't told about. Um, but the story you were given as to how the, specific vial of um, Avengers DNA all in one vial because that's how <laughs> DNA works um, was where they had sent in scrolls undercover after the Battle of Earth mm-hmm. and any Avenger that had bled they had mm-hmm. scooped up some blood when the hell did Captain Marvel bleed? did I miss that? Mm. she doesn't and seem someone who's likely to do a lot of bleeding and are her powers in her DNA? I mean maybe DNA is a shorthand and you know there's a thing but but also some of these I'm like that's not a DNA mm. thing. Like the Mantis thing. Yeah, I get it. And, and Drax, yeah. Mm. Mm. I quite like the use of the Mantis powers, and that's how she actually got him. Yeah. Quite like that, that it wasn't just punches punch. It was a more clever use of the powers. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the way I'm looking at it is it's the thing of she was the one who was able to master the powers the best. Because they had the yes. same powers at that point, and it's just she overcame him. Yeah, or she was more creative in the use of them and he was just yeah. going for big punchy. No. But yeah, no, I didn't love it. No. Did not love it. Um, I was going to just say some things I did like. Mm-hmm. It's quite a short list. Um, <laughs> uh, Olivia Coleman, everything about Olivia. I mean, basically just super cut of Olivia Coleman and I would have been delighted. Someone tell me someone be... has super cut oh, on YouTube. Every mm-hmm. moment, because I, I have a friend who needs to see that and absolutely does not mm-hmm. need to waste her time on the rest That's of it. That's the thing. You don't want to put people through the rest of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, to the point that, and I feel actually I may have heard this on a different podcast, but you know, did she just improvise those lines or something? Or did she, you know, or my, you know, did she bring her own writers? Because it just completely <laughs> different scale mm-hmm. from, and particularly British, which it needed to be for the character. Mm-hmm. So, it, I don't know, I'm just completely thrown by that if she didn't just turn up and imp, um, improvise it. But particularly her cake or death. Cake or death. Was cake or death. Just. I just, I, I and, and the way she delivered it, because, well, I always worked with subtitles, so I knew it was coming. And the delivery was just so neat. Yes. Um, I, I imagine that there's quite a bit of improvisation. I, I really can't imagine that they managed to script only her well. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, Cake or Death for Young People is, <laughs> is from an Eddie Hizzard sketch about, I think, I was getting it uh, mixed up with the Death Star Canteen one. Oh, way before. Way before which is, yeah, different. So yeah. this is to do with um, the, Engl- the church, wasn't it? Church of England, I think. Yeah. 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 Yes. yeah. I will find I'll find the clip and put a link to it. But yes, that made me laugh a lot. Also, Eddie is up confirmed in the Marvel Universe, so maybe she will turn up soon doing majestic comedy. That would be nice. There was an interesting discussion the other day on Reddit, I think, about how series like four or five of the Sopranos, there's a character who watches the Gilmore Girls. Oh. Mm -hmm. In an episode. In series four of the Gilmore Girls, I think one of the Gilmore Girls says to someone, you look like Tony Soprano in that hat. That does happen. 
so when the Gilmore Girls watch The Sopranos, and when The Sopranos, Tony Soprano, like, how do they know who I am and what I look like? We need to go and put a hit out on the Gilmore Girls. Like, well, I'm for one, I'm going to see Eddie Izzard in the near future, and I'm very excited to see whether she covers the Secret Invasion. Um, during that set because because why not at this point anything could happen (laughs) because it needs to be forgotten Mm -hmm. (laughs) um other things that i liked with a caveat coming so when um in the finale when fury is talking to gravic and talks about you know i liked the line it's easier to save eight billion people than to change their hearts and minds thought that was that was a good line and the admission that the last thing I felt before I dusted was relief that I didn't have to fight anymore. I thought, oh, that's that's good character stuff. Immediately undone when it's not Fury. Mm-hmm. But I did like those bits for, for a short moment. That's my list. See, I, I felt a bit like that was just like, oh, it's quite hard to do the hearts and minds. Just didn't bother. Mm. Just didn't. Just didn't do it. Yeah. Just deal with your own shit. Yeah, just <laughs> really, that really annoyed no, me, actually. Like... Oh. No, I'm, I'm quite excited. I think could be right. I felt like there were a few there were a few lines, and I really hope that I wrote some of them down. Um, but <laughs> the ghost of Paul Robeson, which I just I really hope was Olivia Coleman making that up in the first episode. I I made a note of that because that made me laugh. There were there were a few lines, and I haven't found any notes of them yet. But sometimes I felt like they were just saying words in oh, yeah, a yeah. way. Yeah. And I was just like, you can say it slowly and with severity and with a grand piano behind you, but it won't make it mean anything. Or true. I really need to find one because there was one that really, really annoyed me. It was very weird. It was, it was something about faith. What was it? It was, it was where he was saying that um, faith, faith is always based on risk. And I was like, no, faith is in fact the opposite of risk. Faith is really banking on the fact that you are like not at risk here. <laughs> like, like, no. That is just not a sentence that makes sense in, in any understanding of the word faith. An atheist view of risk. Of, of <laughs> it's yeah. just no, no relation to the concept of faith, and it, it made me quite cross. Anyway, sorry. Carry on, Matthew. Okay. okay. I, I don't think it was used well, but I did like the, the sort of framing device we got with a light touch of the flashbacks to the relationship. Now... I I don't I actively don't want a show where we see the personal life of Nick Fury. Like I quite <laughs> like him being this mysterious figure who's just kind of badass, but also not in control as he wants to be, mm-hmm. um, or as he thinks he should be, and he, you know making morally grey choices. This kind of thing I I quite enjoy that. But in a way of doing it, they they framed it that yes, I could follow the story of him falling in love with someone, her having her own <laughs> life, and accepting that. Whilst they're not going to have a life together, they have time together, and that's mm-hmm. perhaps enough for them. Um, again, it's just the Marvel thing of they forgot about the framing device and it sort of went away. Mm. I, I, I wish they had actually gone even harder and made it a lost arrow once upon a time type thing of they were actually telling two stories across two times and one yeah. informs the other, maybe. Um, Sorry, that's lost and Arrow. I was thinking, what's Lost Arrow? Lost Arrow. <laughs> the Lost sounds Arrow. Sounds exciting. It does. It sounds like something that was on at like 4.30 on CITV. Yes. You know, it's it's a slightly more grown-up <laughs> kids show. <laughs> anyway, um, can you tell how much I don't want to talk about this show? I am happy for the tangents <laughs> Making you talk and... about the show. <laughs> no, um... I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought they actually did that very well. Um, and, and we've touched on, you know, the, the scenes between them. It was set very well. Mm-hmm, I think they mm-hmm. they informed a lot of it with the small things about he comes in, he puts the ring on, and the way they engage yeah. with each other, and she maintains her human form, and that's clearly an aspect of tension for her, which they then release that tension at the end very well. And so... I will, mm. you know, I will give it some plaudits for that. I liked. I thought they had good, good, good chemistry, and I thought a number of their scenes were good. Um, I liked the poetry bit. Mm-hmm. I that mm-hmm. was that was good. Um, and yeah, the the discomfort with you know, would you have loved me if I kept my my own skin? And I really liked her telling the story of how she had taken the person's identity. Mm. I thought that was very good. Mm. But I just didn't care. 
I just didn't care. We, um, we uh, like in the same way that I probably don't want, you know, I, I don't mind that we got it because it was done well, but or, or I thought it was done well what we got, but I don't really want Nick Fury's personal life. Was it intriguing to you when it came up? Was that something you were interested in? It was only because she was a scroll and there was that reveal. Okay. And so you have the, what, does he know about this? What mm-hmm. What is this? Right. Do you know, if, if, it, if it had just been a human person, then I'd be like, well, okay. I, I, I thought my internet had frozen there because everyone went so quiet. No, no, I had frozen. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say that I really, I, I did care about them. I did genuinely enjoy their scenes. I did like them. And I always wanted them to break through the show and be better. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but yeah, like yeah. with like with One Division, it forgot about that device that it was doing and just didn't do it for two episodes. Because quite a bit of the speculation that I've been reading has been that this got chopped to pieces and put back together again. Mm. <sighs> um, which I think would then help explain some of why it's so flat. I mean, if they tried to find the story in the edit. Because mm, I, I complained on our first episode about the editing being really poor and just jumping from scene to scene. And I think yeah. halfway through, and again, I, I was sort of, by that episode four, I was like, oh, they, they, I think they found it now. They've gotten it. This last episode, it was just scene to scene. I didn't mm. feel any connective tissue to them. And then the dialogue between Gravik and Gaia Fury, when... Like he's shouting at her about, you know, I'm going to burn it down, I'm going to take over, all this sort of thing. When the shots were behind him, you could see he was actively not saying those words and portraying those emotions. Mm. Like They're just absolutely using filler footage and ADR to get in there. In fact, I'm not even sure it's ADR, it's just from a, a different shot that they've recorded. And it's so frustrating because, again, it's a it should be a taut, tense spy thriller. And... Yeah that lives or dies on the editing and how it, how you feel in scenes and the sort of long shots where you're not sure what's in the shadows and who can be trusted and stuff. And this had none of it. So another thing I compared it to is while I was watching this along each week, I also then binged The Night Agent, mm. which um, I'm now thinking maybe I spoke about this on our first episode, but mm. it was a long time ago. Um, so I'm going to say it again. Um, and that is a relatively mid-range spy CIA, CIA thriller thing hmm. CIA FBI can't even remember now but you know and yet at the end of every episode I wanted to watch the next one see what happens and it unraveled the conspiracy you nice. know in, in the, mm-hmm. it, it spent the first I, I can't remember exactly how many episodes it was eight maybe first four or so building it up and then unraveling it to mm-hmm. the big finale at the end and a lot of the time when I was watching it I was like why is this so compelling compared to Secret Invasion, again, where these are characters, or at least some characters I really care about, or cared about to some degree. Mm. Um, and I still, I can't quite put my finger on it, but it, if it is a, a show that has been chopped up and put back together again, there were four months of reshoots in July last year, or starting July last year, mm. I think. Now, we know that Marvel had, tends to have a, we will all do reshoots at the end, and that isn't necessarily a um, mm. uh, a note of something being bad but four months seems like quite a lot i don't know maybe it's not the thing that really caught my eye in the article that i was reading about that is that and they introduced a new writer oh interesting okay now i thought oh is this the i want to say carl bradstreet who i think is the mm-hmm. writer Wasn't he that's show kind of billed as the creator by, yeah yeah so i thought oh what they, they brought him in then what and, and I looked, and no, it, it's not... The, the writer that was brought in wasn't named in the article. No, they, maybe if they'd done some more digging, I could have found them. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the actors, so it's the actor who plays the Skrull, who is the American TV, Fox News type guy. Very famous actor, Christopher I can't remember his name. McDonald. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And apparently he had said in some interview that he was going into these reshoots and he was excited because they brought in a new, um, new writer who was going to punch up a bit. Oh my god! What did it, what did it look like before that? So I don't. I do wonder if we've got a bit of a Frankenstein show here, which because there were also some bits, and now I'm drawing an absolute blank 
on what they were, but there were a number of things where I didn't really understand what was going That's on. That's my role. And I'm That's what I deep... do here. I know. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you know, Abby, it's it felt like we had some kind of weird Isn't body it swap difficult? thing. Like when because... You, because I actually thought I was following it quite well until my wife explained I'd missed some major plot points at the end of the series. <laughs> but because I watched, I, I'm just going back to what you were saying about having watched the show and feeling quite compelled to watch the, the next episode. I do want to say that Having done two episodes a night for three nights in a row, I I didn't dread it. Like I was always, not, I I wasn't okay. sad about it, and I think it was probably, I think if I had been waiting week on week to watch this with my German breakfast, like I usually like to watch a Marvel show, and I haven't found a German bakery here yet, so this is a concern for Marvel shows in the future. No. Um, but anyway, maybe that's what went wrong. Because I think if I watched episode three, I would have been like. Phew. Because I found episode three a real slog. Remind me what happens um, in that one. Episode three. That's where I was cross about Faith being the opposite of risk. That's that's betrayed. It ends with graphic shooting Gaia, so mm. we've got all the oh, yeah, yeah. through it. My major note um, is wondering if you can, in fact, get the train from Paddington to Teddington. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the one where Talos and Gravik have the confrontation. It's the one where the highlight is that um, Olivia Coleman talks about mm-hmm. hate, which, again... Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's got the whole but missile bit at the end. It wasn't like all the way through, but there, there were just a few bits where I was going, "Well, I don't know what's going on here," and I think I'm meant to know what's going on here, and I don't know how we got to that bit. Isn't it great that Marvel are doing this really serious talking show? Don't you love the drama that we're showing you with the drama? Yes, it's very dark. I was going, oh, I'm a bit tired. Because yeah, yeah, it's, it's not like it's a John Le Carre mm. where you really have to follow who is whom. And, you know, in a show where people can pretend to be other people. Yes. We said this in the first episode. Like, it's just not doing the thing. And then you've got them just running around looking they like They didn't themselves. do the thing. Like, That's exactly it. Just... They introduced the thing and then failed to do it for the majority of the show. Mm. Also, I think one of the reasons why there wasn't a lot of tension around that is how many people, how many human characters were there that stayed alive that could have been secret scrolls. Rhodey, fine. Who obviously, I mean, obviously he wasn't a human, but for the, the bulk of it, we were meant to think that, ooh, could he be one? I mean, Fury, potentially. Mm-hmm. Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman, yes. Who else? Because Maria we lost in the first episode. The vast majority of the characters seem to be scrolls and we knew it. Mm-hmm. So then the, when's the... Oh, they might be one. They might. Well, there's only three bloody characters. It didn't feel like a whole lot of invasion, um, to be honest. No. 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 In the bit where they do wake up the people, because one of one of my frustrations was like, if you learn that Martin Freeman has been a scroll all this time, mm-hmm. you go and investigate what he's done and where he might actually be, and yes. that was never done. And then when you find out the road is a scroll. You go and investigate and perhaps, you know, make a mention to someone, hey, you need to go look into this for me. They wake him up and Martin Freeman says something like, hey, how long have you been here? As though he'd know, as though we know what the date currently is and how long. As though, you know, we was that Martin Freeman in Wakanda Forever? In Black Panther? I really and, hope not. You know, there's a vague hint of Colonel Rhodes waking up and walking. Now, he well, obviously, they, they have done some stuff about him being able to walk anyway mm. and rehabilitating. But I wonder if they're going to do a, and actually know he was a scroll from before Civil War. Oh, so I saw that a different way. I thought that the others kind of got off the perches and were a bit wobbly, but were okay. Mm. And he actually couldn't walk because he needed two people to kind of carry him. Okay. Mm. That wasn't. I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting actually. I, looked at that. Yeah, in I, I ways. thought that it was that he was walking a bit, but he was very wobbly because he'd been there for so long. Yeah, he was so mm. much more wobbly than the other people. But didn't the other people, people were the people waking them. them up as well, so they they weren't they hadn't been. No, no, but I mean, but you're definitely right, people who had been scrolled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they basically they've left it open. They've left it open, and and uh, and just but hanging a hat on it as well, asking the question mm. and then not answering. Mm-hmm. Well, the last thing I remember is X. Just you know, so that they can try and keep that. And I'm like, I don't care. Well, well I do care, but. Do you know what that would I'm have been? That would have been a really good post credit scene. Yeah. You know, just a bit of him coming out looking up the date and being like Ten years? Yeah. Last thing I remember, I look like Terence Howard. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's been a theory going around. That the replacement oh, scroll is actually 
<laughs> yeah, I really hope it's not. Be- and the thing is, the fact they're making such a big deal of it and, and haven't closed off that loop makes me think, yes, it is actually like way back. But I don't know if I said this. Apologies if I'm just repeating things that I said on the first episode. But if that was Scrody on uh, in Endgame mm-hmm. saying goodbye to Tony and taking time from and having having that you know really meaningful to his dreaming down face experience of watching that and and him being there with Peter and um, Gwyneth Paltrow, mm-hmm. Pepper mm-hmm. Uh, and Pepper and yeah and that being. And that actually was a Skrull who didn't care about Tony at all. And I just, I think, I don't subscribe, I don't subscribe too much to the whole idea that by doing things later, you ruin what came before. But if you are doing that and then saying that was a different person mm-hmm. who actively doesn't like this, these people, <laughs> that, I don't like that. I mean, they have shown us that the Skrulls have, you know, an emotional range and attachment to things. And they've talked, we had Skrulls talking about the people they had taken over and their memories of them. And if it is years, this is someone who went through things with Tony Stark. So, And yet still wants to annihilate the human race. Wants to follow Gravik's orders. And Gravik was... No, the, that, but also, talk about the personality change. If supposedly that was Rhodey, mm-hmm. sorry, that was um, the Skrull Rhodey, let's let's say just um, from Civil War onwards, if that was the Skrull Rhodey, then they've had a massive personality shift between everything before this, because he's always been a bit sort of snarky and everything, mm-hmm. but this version of Rhodey was just actively awful. I really did not like, you know, even without whether it was a scroll or not, if this had been Rhodey all along, I would not have liked him at all. The the the, the arrogance that he was portraying with all of his conversations, um, like in the the all of the European leaders crammed into a teeny tiny room for some reason, um, the twenty seven heads of the EU and the UK and Pakistan. <laughs> Why is Pakistan one of the EU leaders? But anyway, I mean, welcome. Please, please join us. But, well, not us, EU, not us anymore. You know what I mean. Um, and his attitude in that, which is meant to be a diplomatic conversation of screw you lot with the US. Now, I can see a American military character hmm. taking that point. I can't see Rhodes too. You know, if you think of him in the, here, the um, congressional hearings. Mm-hmm. He was much more like professional and and I, I don't know, I just and then the way he was talking to the Admiral in the I think it was episode six, you know, do you take stupid pills with your breakfast and that it's just not the same character. Yeah. I, I would agree that I think by the end it changed when when we were leaning into actually this is a squall and, and, and a bad, bad person, but that's was so interesting because it did mesh with what I think of him like being That's this, you know, fairly snarky. The whole thing from the Avengers party and him doing the thing of like, I put the tank down and boom, you know, you forgot that. And then he's like trying to tell the story, being arrogant and and wanting the yeah. sort of bravado things. I, I mean, even when it was Terrence Howard, it has some of that of him talking down to Terrence, Tony and managing. I think Terrence Tony. Howard more so. so yeah, I, I, I do think it's a, sort of a sliding scale of it. Hmm. But to me, I don't know, it would have been like, even if they didn't know about scrolls, I'd be talking about body snatching or something at the stage, because it just was, <laughs> so who is this obnoxious character? <laughs> Abby, did you notice much difference? You'll be surprised to notice that I didn't, really. And also, I, I just wondered how much I'd forgotten, but I did remember that I generally liked Rhodey and that he seems to be being a bit of an ass at various times. But then again, I also thought, well, maybe mm. Nick Fury's been being a bit of an ass. Um, so... Uh, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. yeah, but then also I it would be remiss of me to remember what happened with Rody last time we saw him. So, <laughs> Abby, can I read out your WhatsApp? Yeah, you sentence? can. I'm going to edit it slightly as we are not an explicit podcast, young lady. Um, 
<laughs> so this was what Abby sent us after I think the first. Well, it must be the first episode that she watched on Monday. Yeah, Tuesday. Monday. Okay, guys, I hope you're looking forward to the podcast where, without a week in between episodes for anyone to tell me, WTF happens in Marvel things. I talk about with absolute confusion how that woman who's someone who's been in something in Marvel before coming back, and that was a thing I noticed. Yes. I'm assuming that was Maria Hill. Well. Robin Starkles or Tegan and Sarah's mum, um, yes. as I like to think of her at the moment, because everyone should go and watch High School on Amazon, because you should, because it's great and it needs a season two. But anyway... She plays Tignataro's mum. Sarah. Oh, I thought you said Tignataro's mum. A thousand miles apart. It's just two of them are that a Canadian pop some... duo and one of them isn't. <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, anyway, everyone should go and watch High School. On Amazon, it's great. You'll love it. Okay. Yes. She, but she was there, and um, and that was, and then she and then wasn't. She wasn't. Then, um, it was quite interesting not watching any of Secret Invasion as it went along on the internet because I am very much on the internet. Um, and usually mm. it's quite hard to avoid spoilers, but I made no effort to avoid spoilers, and I was entirely unspoiled. <laughs> I noticed that Secret Invasion mm. was trending after the first episode, and. I, I understood that there was a controversy of some sort, but even though I actually looked directly at the list of trending topics, I could not guess what it was. So um, I remained unspoilt until I watched it on Monday. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There's not been a lot of buzz other than the fact how disappointing. Well, the... This is the lowest, not that Rotten Tomatoes is the be all and end all, mm-hmm. but it's the lowest ranked Marvel ever at 13%. Gosh. Which I think that, that I actually lo- think that's a bit too harsh. It, to be honest, the last episode is. Oh, is it the last yeah, episode? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, which, which, very fair. <laughs> I think. I think as a denouement, uh, you would want something grander and more exciting than what we actually got, because what we got was the most obvious and boring pile of tripes they could have served up, in my professional opinion. Um, well, in uh, in a continuation of Laura reads things on the internet. Um, one of our friends of the show, Steve Jeffrey, one of our you're gonna have to edit this out, Abby. One of our friends of the show, Steve Jeffrey, um, at Zinkstove on uh, is it still called Twitter? I'm calling it Twitter. We'll all know what we mean. I'm not no, calling it X. On Twitter. Um, he sent through some thoughts, um, which I particular a bit that I particularly liked. Oh yeah. He described it as he felt that they had picked up a write your own espionage thriller kit cheap because the instructions were missing and they had to cobble it together. I'm sure Marvel are better than this. It had its moments, but then it has been said that a great performance can elevate the direst of materials. They had a lot of opportunities here. Maybe goes on to talk about how Olivia Coleman did that. I think I think I yes. think nailed it, really. Yes, it's it's amazing how performance can elevate yeah. I was about to say one good performance does not a great thing make. Mm. But, you know, everyone still loves The Dark Knight and that I don't love The Dark Knight. I tried to watch it again and I turned it off after half an hour because I was so bored. It is really not very good, but it's all about that performance. Uh, Even that performance. No, 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 I like it. I like it for other reasons. I I couldn't get through it. I was genuinely very, very tired. And I... Thought I like I mm. thought I liked it until I tried to go back, but maybe give it ten years and maybe it's like the Great Gatsby and it's time will come again. In support of Matthew's Rody theory, Rody's been a scroll since the end of Civil War, according to the latest fan theories. Supposedly, he's still wearing the hospital gown he was wearing at the end of that. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Raised lots of questions. Will they be answering armor wars? Well, they're not to the flip nose. Because yeah, okay, let's let's talk uh, the, the other projects. We've obviously got. The Marvels coming up, which I think yep. follows this. There was a, a vague suspicion that, that that might actually precede this, even though yeah. they're released in running order. I think it is supposed to follow this. I think now it follows it, yeah. Um, let's talk Chekhov's Carol Downers, who was name checked uh-huh. in most episodes and then doesn't appear. Brutal. Well, I didn't think she was going to. Reason being really? is, you know, when they did that. Um, no, but it's for out-of-universe out of reasons. Um, so do you know when they did the the recap where they showed a lot of Captain Marvel, the film, mm-hmm. before the second episode? We were kind of like, this would have made 
surely you should have put the first episode for the people who don't remember this, but fine. And they show a lot of the film there, and not once do mm-hmm. they show her. Which made me mm, think, right. mm, okay. if you paid her to be in this series, then I think we'd be seeing yeah, her yeah, here. Okay, okay. Um, but that was the only reason that I, I thought she wouldn't turn up. Because mm. there were some trailer lies, because there mm. was um, in a trailer somewhere, I can't remember what for, well, sorry, for the show, but I can't remember mm. where. <laughs> um, at some stage, um, Nick Fury says something about, um, oh, the cavalry's here. Which then span off a whole thing. Well, I was thinking, and then I saw other people thought thought about this about two months before I thought of it. Um, that this could be Melinda May M- because she's Winter. the cavalry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he, from what I could gather, he didn't say that at all in the show. Mm. So. Yeah, because mm. that was the other big hope was that Daisy. Yeah. Turn up. I was going to say Ridley, but that isn't it, is it? Not, not Daisy Jones. Uh, Quake. Yes, Quake. Yeah. Daisy. Yeah. 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 But no, we did discuss that on episode one, and and Agents of Shield does not exist in this world anymore. No, which I think is a real shame. Yeah, unfortunate. But you know who does exist, and we we haven't mentioned at all in this. And obviously, again, having not spoken to either of you about this series, I don't know what your thoughts are. But um, Kingsley Benadire, or Terrace Ken, as I like to think of him, because I went to see the Barbie film before we watched this, which gives you a very different perspective. <laughs> <laughs> serious whiplash I have to say between the two characters um, yeah so we, we've talked about accents before on Marvellous Podcast and um, funnily enough I used to live in Butte Town uh, a while ago in Cardiff I really did. and so I spent quite a while going he doesn't seem to be from Cardiff but that's a very good accent so I would just like it to be out there that that was a very good accent. Like, a re- mm. like I checked his Wikipedia multiple times going, really? Because I didn't <laughs> want to Google anything about the show. Now I have since Googled uh-huh. and found that he wanted to anchor that character in a Butte Town accent. Like, you went over and above, yeah. my friend, for this show, which did not require you, apparently, to do that. But what a, what a good... I just... I mean, unless anyone from Butte Town would like to say otherwise, but I lived there for 13 years and that was a good accent. So, good job, dude. So, I wasn't really sure what accent he was doing at the beginning because to me it felt a bit like he was going a bit kind of scouser. Yeah. A bit, and then there was some Welsh, and I was kind of like, I don't know what's going on here because you're a British actor. (laughs) Yeah, and then I think as it got, it became more recognisable to me as a Welsh accent as time went on, I don't know. But, you know, I thought he was good, but just quite one note as far as... But, I mean, that's the way the character's written. And he has so much charisma mm. as an actor. And, you know, so he could have been much more interesting to me. And I know now I'm doing the thing where I wish they'd done this instead. But he could have been the same, char- the same um, character, but being, like, you know, the cult leader and being charming and, and inspirational. And, and you could so that you could see why these people would would follow him and then we get you know this dark mm. angry side but he just seemed a bit too one note i mean he did it very well he was very menacing <laughs> but just too one note bang the table and it's just like oh, well, where's the complexity in this character um you know i i did have he was at least interesting enough in that i could go ah, i i understand your point of view you know he's one of those villains which was you know you've been used promises have been broken you want to be able to go out and be green. I completely get that. Um, would rather you didn't wipe us out, but I get it. Until we got to when he's turned on his people and he's in his full scroll face and then he screams. I can't remember exactly what the phrase was, but along the lines of, come and get it then. <laughs> and I just, I couldn't after that. I could not. Could not. Um but I think he's a fantastic actor and I hope he gets lots of fabulous things off the back of this. Um, but yeah, seeing him then in the Barbie film, because I didn't know he was going to be in it as mm. well. It uh, To me, I mean, that's, that's range. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's a serious that, range. That is, in fact, range. <laughs> that is one thing that we can say <laughs> is the man absolutely has range. And um, I think seeing him mm. the other way around really uh, helped. <laughs> uh, as I said up top, I think this is just... Uh, Laurie, you talked about it on episode one. Like, 
a poor Marvel villain. There's just nothing to mm. it to make me go, why these... Like, I was quite pleased when people started turning on him, but then he just intimidated them to follow him again. And then everyone had disappeared by the end of it. It was a bit weird. Yeah, so, I think there, I think he, there's some line they're all locked up or something. Which uh, oh, I, I think they just they just lost the thread with with him. And I, I, no, I just want to say like I think you're absolutely right that they failed to convey the years where people had decided to follow him. Like there was there was a sense that he just come in really late on, yeah. and there was no understanding as to why he'd been a leader, yeah. frankly, at all. And, and be, look, Laura, you said it because he lacked charisma. You're like, yeah. I don't get it. This is weird. This is poor. I mean, I, I liked it's, some it's of quite a lot. To I, I, I did really like some of his performances, but I mean, it, it was it felt very theatrical, and I felt like it capitalised on his capacity as a th- theatrical actor to do those kind of moments of mm. sudden rage, which is so great when you're in a room with actors, but in a show that hasn't mm-hmm. really made the most of its spacing and staging, I, I felt didn't mm. always land and I felt he was not served mm. by the writing I, I thought he got stuck with a lot of just I'm the villain lines yeah yeah yeah. and that's the thing I think he did a fantastic job in a limited role Matt you know mm. it might be the proximity to Amelia Clark, and we did talk about Amelia Clark, and I'm not certain of her as an actor and this has not mm-hmm. swayed me either way at least it's not you know turn mm. me off but she didn't bring anything to the party, and I think him sharing a number of scenes with her didn't help mm. him come off as well as perhaps he could. I definitely don't think that I could say she elevated the material, but I thought. But again, she was given very little, and this is the thing: where at the end, she's the savior. And we're like, yeah, but who is she? Yeah, they relied so heavily on her being Talos's daughter. I think they relied heavily on her being Daenerys. If I'm honest, it just wasn't. Yes, you're, you're absolutely right. And I, I really feel like um, they just went, well, it's Daenerys, so we don't need to do very much. Don't need to make any effort. She's quite famous. There's just very little there. Yeah, very thin role, and I thought she really gave it a good go, honestly. I liked, I really liked her wardrobe. I, I thought that was a very practical <laughs> wardrobe, and it looked she looked comfy, she looked ready for all weather, and I thought, that's, that's a good get-up, good job. <laughs> I, I, I quite liked her, actually, and I thought... I think I just felt goodwill towards her, honestly. Whilst I, whilst I was going throughout the show, mm-hmm. I just wanted her to to do yeah. all right in this in this mire, in the turgid mire. Oh, you said turgid earlier, and it's really stuck with me as the as the word. The turgid. Mm. Um. <laughs> so President Ritson has declared war on all alien-born enemy combatants. Now, I mean. Slightly predictable, I guess, as a, as a reaction to to this. Um, what what do we think of for for the future? Because that's quite broad. If we think alien born enemy combat, well, alien born, who they will see as enemy combatants, I assume. Because there's a whole big thing called New Asgard, mm-hmm. and they're probably not going to be super happy about. Um, now, to be honest, I don't know if we're going to do anything with that. But what do we think? I felt like the politics could get in the bin, given that they kept talking about England's response to things, and we don't have an English army! Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. England's on board, and so will the rest of oh. NATO. Oh. But, I mean, there was, there was a whole thing there as well with that attack, with all of the attack helicopters and what have you, happened right next to an RAF base. Mm-hmm. And no one really noted that. What do they think of our response well, maybe time? Maybe going on a jolly... And he talked. He talked about all the soldiers dead on the motorway. Like that. That was not a motorway. That was not a motorway. motorway. That is not a motorway. Um, oh. Although the, uh, this is kind of calling the mail, but on the, I think the third episode of Marvel Standard, one of them was really excited, and he, he said, "Like I really enjoy everyone who's been speaking with a British accent, like yes. you know Amelia Clark and Ben Mendelsson." Like, yeah. It's mm. not about that, but, British accent. But, but it is that thing of the, of the you know, America-centric view of things, which Marvel is doing because America is a very big audience for them and where it's made. Yeah, so, and I get yeah. that. But if you're going to film in London, at least right ask there. some of your British I'm sorry, crew. if I was Olivia, I'd be like, no, there is no English army. That's not how it works. I, I don't, yeah, I don't think she gets to have a say I too much like of it. I feel like she should, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it, but also, like when um, they rush the president to the hospital, and then Fu- um, and then um, oh God, uh, Rhodey turns up, 
And there is one nurse who asks, where's the president? She goes, oh, he's in there. We've so, all seen no. West Wing. We know exactly the American what pres- happens they, when the president yes. goes to hospital. There's a red phone everywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, this is all the stuff of people. People don't make decisions that people should make in these situations in this show. So it's cognitive dissonance. But it has an opportunity to do something interesting about the view of aliens and aliens who look alien, such mm-hmm. as the Skrulls, and aliens who do not look alien, such as yep, the Asgardians. Absolutely. It could do a very interesting thing on passing people who look like... I'm going to say us as though people who look human. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, in an even more... Um, flagrant way with what we've seen in the Asgardians generally mm. I don't think they're going to do that it's hard because I I kind of get it because there has been lots of stuff of Earth being attacked by aliens so it does need a response and it's almost strange there isn't a more bigger response thing to alien threats mm. uh, being built given that's what they did in the Independence Day sequel spoilers for like five ten year old film but they, they built a response to perhaps aliens might come back so we need to be prepared for yes. it um, and we don't, we haven't totally seen that. Although we have this castle or whatever he's building, and whatever that's going to be. Well, the Avengers was meant to be the response, wasn't it? I think they're the response. And then if it all goes to phase hell. two weaponry that yeah. he was building in Avengers. It seems to have disappeared. Mm. Exactly. There's no like you know combined Earth thing about it. We're still just on mm. our Earth, um, rather than an Earth that has been through the ten, fifteen years of the MCU that we've had. Mm. So I think it's just going to be an obvious story of actually the aliens save us and humans love them at that point, somewhere. Yeah, my concern is that it's going to be swept on the carpet, under the marble carpet, because of the mention of the Cree saying that, uh, you know, they're interested in peace talks now. It wouldn't shock... The marbles, I think, either might be about something around that, mm-hmm. or we might get to the marbles and... Oh, well, yes. Um, in between times, the Cree and the Skrulls <laughs> made peace and then they all went back to their house. <laughs> and we don't have to deal with them anymore. I think the Marvels has to tie in a bit. I really feel like it has to. I think it's more likely the fact that it was filmed before this was released. I think, I think if they were still filming it, they might want to excise oh, anything true. to do with this. I just but. I felt like this series was trying to do some kind of both sides thing that just did not come off for me at all and I did not enjoy those aspects so final question before we end better or worse than falcon and the winter soldier significantly worse abby you remember falcon and the winter soldier yeah, had, had who was in salt um and i mean my wife spent a lot of time complaining about how we did the super serum thing and it was bad then and boring now um and so i remembered uh-huh. it was that one um the thing is, this didn't have Captain America, which was at least a, a potentially interesting thing. It did have Nick Fury. I don't know. I didn't actively dislike watching it until it was over when I was annoyed mm. um, that it hadn't been better. You were annoyed I, that I, it was no, over? No, I was annoyed by what it had been. And and I think that I, I mm-hmm. really, I, I enjoyed the Nick Fury love story and backstory. And actually I could, I was here for a series that was just going to be that. Um... You know, mm. that that was a nice change. We talk a lot about sort of sometimes wanting our, our heroes in everyday scenarios. And I think there actually was something nice about seeing a romance in this mm. universe because we haven't had very many at all, let alone with older people and with the complexity of a kind of scroll human thing. And, and, and mm. I thought they... they I liked the concept. I liked the actors. I didn't like the show. But that... I think it's very good yeah. summation. Mm. Yeah. So I, I'm yeah. glad the concept was there. And, you know, as, I say, as I've said many times before, I'm used to taking things that I get and thinking about how I would have done it better. And this gave me quite a lot of things where I, I, can, I can get a long <laughs> way thinking about how I would have done it better. And how I could enjoy these things more, and how I like that there is the potential in those characters. You know that that does bring me just just a little bit of joy, and it did bring me highly entertaining. Olivia Colman, may she come back exactly like mm-hmm. this in the future, please and thank you. Um, and I am probably Team Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and looking forward to watching that again Crikey. and appreciating really? it now. <laughs> Having yeah, well, I'm oh, doing gosh, a rewatch. I've hit Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I've not. 
I've been sort of stuck on my Marvel rewatch because the next one is Falcon and the Winter Soldier for about three months. So, but yeah, now now geared up and thinking. So just there were some interesting things in that. We will be back with whatever is next. <laughs> In the meantime, you can find us uh, on the social medias, on uh, whatever the hell Twitter's called now, and Instagram at Eloquent Gushing. Marvelous. Marvelous. Okay.